0: Well we are back with another podcast. Well today it's an absolute pleasure for me to introduce a good friend and also a fellow ACAMS chapter board member this time from Cyprus a warm welcome to Gregory Dallas. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me. It is a real pleasure being uh with uh, you guys. Um, and it's uh, you know weird times.
0: It is weird times. So would you mind giving uh, the people listening in a little bit of background, who you are, uh, what you do for a living? We do know that you're based on, in Cyprus. Could you just give us a little bit of info on you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so yes, I am based um, in Nicosia in, in Cyprus. I am the chief compliance and innovation officer for a company called EcomBX. Uh, which is a, a, it is a fintech based out of Cyprus, and I'm responsible for the um, compliance uh, program of the company and for managing the process of innovation and change management. You know, it's, it, this is really important now because the fintech environment is um, constantly changing and evolving, so you need to be ahead of time, ahead of uh, uh, the changes, uh, be able to adapt, and be innovative at the same time, new ideas and new technologies. So I guess uh, this is what I do.
2: So, Greg, give people a little bit more information about exactly what your fintech does by way of financial services.
1: Okay. So, it is an electronic money institution licensed by the Central Bank of Cyprus. It's a fairly new company. It's just under two years old. And we specialize in B2B e-account management, in cross-border payments, currency conversions, and many more. We, so, so we work mainly uh, with corporate customers from all over the world. We want to use our platform, uh, our innovative payments platform, we call it banks, uh, to execute their payments, whether inward or, or outgoing, easily, quickly, and uh, at a reasonable cost. You know, we are um, constantly working hard to expand our service offering, making sure we meet our customers' needs and expectations.
0: That might be kind of hard at the moment, or is it easier now, depending on what Cyprus is doing for measurements in regards to the coronavirus? Could you tell us a little bit about how's life on Cyprus at the moment? Okay, so yeah, the coronavirus affected Cyprus
1: added, as it did the rest of the world. Um, Cyprus reacted fairly quickly compared to other places. And that started with the immediate shutting down of schools uh, and the home uh, schooling initiative across the board, both in public and the private uh, schools. It then shifted to, to asking people to you know, work from home as much as possible, uh, meaning that the, that the large number of companies started initiating their business continuity plans. And then shopping malls were shut down there are restrictions as to many how, many, how, how many people can be in a common place at the same time. And the number is quite small compared to other places in the world. 75 persons, you know, I know in some, in some other places it's 500, so 75 people in, in a room. And if you're working in an office, there are also legal restrictions there as to the number of people per specific number of square meters. Now we're in a lockdown, like many other countries, we are only allowed to go out for specific purposes and only following permission, which can be granted either by SMS or specific hard copy documents. So it is quite tough, Uh, but I guess it is necessary because some people, and it's just some people affecting all of us, have not been taking this uh, seriously. So it's a new way of life, I suppose.
2: Greg, there was a notice put out yesterday by the province of Ontario in Canada identifying essential services so people knew whether they could travel outside at the moment or stay in the house. And interestingly for financial services, there's no mention of compliance people at all. What's happening in Cyprus for the compliance people in financial services? How are they working?
1: Okay. They have not specified it to this extent. Banks are still working. Financial institutions are still working. So the idea is that anybody that can work from home can actually do that. Uh, But um, the idea is that, you know, you can still go to work provided that um, you're, you know, you've taken all the measures that you needed to take in in the office. So compliance people still can go to the office, but we prefer that most people stay home.
0: Well, that's a new challenge, isn't it? Business as usual when it's not business as usual, because even though you can go to the office, a lot of people work from home. So I'm a bit curious, Greg, how do you manage that with your team? Um, What do you do? Tell us about that.
1: Obviously, we're not a bank. We're not a traditional bank, so we're not that big. We're quite a small company. And obviously, as a fintech, we are very tech-centric and as a regulated company we have a full bcp in place accordingly it was not really difficult for us to adapt i cannot really go into detail but just to say that we continue to be fully operational utilizing the most modern work practices out there ensuring obviously first and most foremost the safety and health of the staff and at the same time making sure that our customers can continue to benefit from uh, our range of uh, of services all companies had to adapt in this in this environment, right? So in the past, in Cyprus, it was sort of a luxury um, and very rarely used you know, to be able to work from home. But now most companies had to very quickly adapt and work from home. So provided they have the right systems and the right security in place.
2: Greg, you used to head up compliance risk within the wealth management team at one of the largest banks in Cyprus. Have you been speaking to friends and colleagues across the banking industry about how they've had to adjust their working practices?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. Actually, in in um, uh, I've been heading the compliance team. I've been heading the whole wealth management division in the past. So uh, these are areas where I mean, especially wealth management, where you need to be close to your to your customer. Generally, you know, banks in Cyprus also had to adapt. Cyprus has. A moderate use of digital channels as regards to providing banking services to clients. Uh, So people have not been using these these channels as much as they as much as they could like uh, you know the percentage used in Sweden or the UK. Uh, So just before the virus came into our lives, people were still going to the bank to pay bills or to execute transfers and cash checks. So banks have been struggling in the past few years to get customers to switch to digital banking. So I think that was the main. Uh, I think the most interesting shift now, it seems that, that people have to do this switch from traditional banking to digital banking faster. And banks are doing everything in their power to educate people to stay home and do their banking online. And that was actually part of this lockdown decision that you can only go to the bank now if they're going to do things that you cannot actually do online. The banks have transformed they're changing very quickly
0: that's so interesting and also you being an island with a fairly large population of non-greek speaking people as well i just have a question in regards to the kind of uh, information that floats about in the in society is it bilingual multilingual
1: yeah, for sure. Information, is, uh, information comes out first in Greek, which is um, the main language, but also in English, in Turkish and Russian and even Chinese. So you can find information like, uh, you know, how to, to, to apply for um, going out of the house or, you know, the, the documents you need in, in different languages.
0: Just, just touching up on that education part, and because you, you say that it's a new way of life for people that normally do their banking uh, by stepping into an office, being meted and greeted by a, a very nice person uh, at the teller, and then it switched to online. How is the elderly society or elderly community handling all that?
1: Again, they can actually go to the bank if they cannot use uh, digital channels, and there is an understanding that people over a certain age have not been used are not used to using technology or they don 't even have access to technology so there is some sort of flexibility but you know there are solutions around that and, and the banks are educating people to to do that like for example, your children can help you do your banking online if you cannot do it yourself so it's it's a difficult period we hope it's not going to go for a very long time, but it will affect the way we live and work after uh, this thing ends. It's
2: a two-part question for you, Greg. First, what do you see as the potential financial crime risks for more conventional financial institutions, particularly in an international finance center like yours? And second, are they similar or could there be different types of financial crime risks for fintechs?
1: Okay, yeah, I I will talk about Cyprus. And as you know, uh, we went through a lot over the past few years in terms of misuse of our uh, financial system for wrongdoing uh, and the bad reputation that came with that. And I believe we, we sort of managed to pull through, even though we still have a lot of work to do. But we did some rethinking in the way we do business, at the same time restructuring and enhancing the way we protect our business and our reputation. So we definitely made it harder for criminals to penetrate our systems by first and foremost using technology which wasn't in you know in vast use before but also by new policies and procedures um, extensive training bringing a lot of um, knowledge from outside the country and by using more critical thinking in the way we do business moving away from traditional tick-boxing um, approach to compliance but so I believe because we've gone through that in the very recent you know in the, very, in the past few years uh, even giving these extreme scenarios that we're living through today we are well equipped pre- to avoid misuse. And it's not just fintechs that are more agile, more flexible, but it's also traditional banks that needed to evolve very quickly in the past few years.
0: I just need to follow up on a question on that because uh, we have seen in different jurisdictions, both low-key schemes uh, and and fraudulent behaviors and fraud, fraud schemes popping up. Have you picked up on anything specific in your jurisdiction?
1: For sure, we've seen all of that coming in. We've seen emails, we've seen SMS, we've seen uh, calls coming from North Korea. We've seen anything you can imagine. Um, but uh, the, the the knowledge we got over the past few years, I think, it equipped us to be able to understand that there's something wrong when there's something wrong. And I believe the government, but also financial institutions here, are actually doing a good job because they're they continue educating people on this. If you go on the traditional news websites of uh, of, of Cyprus, you will see a lot of articles on, you know, be aware of these, be careful with that, don't answer calls that you don't recognize, don't answer emails, you know, things like that.
2: So, Greg, given your risk management background, what would you suggest financial institutions and perhaps younger businesses like fintechs think about in terms of looking back on this period when things return to normal?
1: I believe some it's, it's very important to to appreciate that things can change very quickly and you need to be very flexible and very adaptable. This is something that're we're, we're not to, we're not used to doing in the past we're all saying we're trying to do it, but we're not really doing it. you know all your policies all your procedures need to be flexible you need to be able to do what you have to do to protect your company quickly and with flexibility rather than sticking to you know specific one to three you know procedures and processes. Um, We need to understand the risks more and be able to adapt very quickly and that's I think that's a very big lesson from these past few weeks.
0: Yes adapt that is I think that's the new word of, of the moment I think that's definitely what we need to do. So Greg, as you know, my husband
2: is also an MLRO and we have a very small house here in the UK. So it's been good times and good practice of our patients to work together back to back here in the office. So how are things going for you there at home? Because of course, your wife, she's a teacher.
1: Yes, actually, um, uh, you know, teachers and students were the first to to have to stay home. Um, uh, they had to adapt again very quickly uh, with whatever resources they have available. So, um, you know, it is it is not tough yet, but I'm sure it will get tougher because we'll. I, I think it will get worse before it gets better. We we'll st- we will need to stay home more, but again, the word adapt. I mean, we do need to adapt. Uh, and it's it's weird what's happening with people that, you know, you, you always want to stay home and rest, but now that they've locked us in, we want to go out, which is, you know, it is how, I guess, uh, people function.
2: So can you see something positive coming out of all of this?
1: Um, I'm not gonna talk about financial crime now, but I'm gonna talk about, you know, what I've seen over the past few weeks. You know, people, despite this social distancing, did go outside, you know, before the lockdown, obviously, kids were on bikes, families were working in threes or fours outside in the early evening, you know, getting to know each other again, which is, I think, what's the, the good that's coming out of all this situation. I met people that I, I've never seen in the neighborhood, you know, uh, and we rarely do that in Cyprus, even though we're a small place, even though we're quite social people, I guess. This imposed isolation is obviously hurting a lot of people. In Cyprus, we use cars to go from A to B. We rarely walk. We rarely use public transport, right? So technology is helping us uh, through today. But at the same time, and just before this mess, technology was taking a large part of our life and was sort of distancing us from, from each other. And now that we need to stay away from each other, it's, how, it's amazing how people feel deprived of that feel deprived of real social interaction and they want to get together. They're fed up of social media-induced interaction. So, you know, the feeling that we're going something together, we're going something as a community, as a country, as, I guess, as, you know, the whole world is going through the same thing. Uh, You know, it's, it's a good feeling. We're fighting something together, you know, if you look at it positively. And this is where it is like financial crime. The feeling of community fighting for a common cause, it does give you a feeling of belonging, satisfaction, I guess, a feeling of achievement uh, at the same time. So I suggest when we when this ends, we get out the, out there with caution and get to know people because it is really important.
0: Any spare time to do anything exciting, like enhancing yourself or reading up on some current issues?
1: Obviously, you know, you do get some free time if you're not commuting, you know, uh, an hour and a half every day. Uh, I use a car to do that, but I still do that. So um, when I'm not, Uh, in the car, what I do is I try to uh, use this time to catch up with news that, you know, we rarely have time to to look at what's happening outside and, you know, read case studies or even do some training online that it's it's more luxuries that we cannot afford to do in uh, our daily work routine but also there is more time uh, with the family which is precious and I suggest everybody takes time and get to know each other again in the house as well not only outside the house because we're getting used to each other nowadays and that's not good so yes use that time wisely. And on that note
2: Greg thanks so much for taking out the time today to speak to us. It's my pleasure thank you very much for having me. And that's the end of this podcast of Captivated Audience. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like us to cover, or even if you'd like to take part in one of our next podcasts, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn. Have a great day and stay safe.